0: Captain's Log, Stardate 76595.7. Ward Lone Star Station, the Federation's Historical Council, arrives ahead of Frontier Day. The station and its personnel are prepared, come what may. This episode of These Are The Voyages is dedicated to opening your mind to the past. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of These Are The Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me for another romp around the cosmos as we get all nostalgic talking about a wee bit of history, my dear friend and scholar Commander Eric. How are you, good sir? Oh, I'm doing quite well today, my friend. Oh, yeah? Do tell. Do tell. Uh, you
1: know, <clears throat> life is good, right? We're counting down the days. We're in like T-minus not very long at this point. That's right. <laughs> you know, uh, we're, you know, by the time you hear this, we'll celebrate Valentine's Day. That's true. And... Picard mm-hmm. Day, and Picard Day. Yup, we will have ce- celebrated Picard Day. Let's go! <clears> day. <throat> Woo! <laughs> Woo. It's a, it'll be here before you know it.
0: Happy hands, happy hands, jazzy, jazzy, jazzy. very nice. <laughs> 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 oh man, yeah, dude, you're about to become an honest man. You're about to be I taken know. off the market. Taken off the market, man. Man. All right ladies, Commander Eric is taken. It's almost like this whole sign, sealed, delivered, I'm yours kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Signed, sealed, and delivered. And I will be there to witness it, witness the shenanigans. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yes, so. you will. I'm, I'm looking, looking forward to you being there, too.
0: Woo! We may or may not have purchased some things for the occasion oh. to, uh, to help celebrate, so... Okay. So that's what we call a tease, right, Eric?
1: <clears throat> I mean, I may or may not have purchased a few things to help celebrate to, you know,
0: <laughs> as well. Very good. I'm, I'm glad.
1: <laughs> that's right.
0: That's right, indeed. Oh, man. Oh, well, dude. Okay, so I know we have talked about this quite a bit, but this seems timely. Um, based on our, our our younger years. We were just young whippersnappers, okay? So I've been, you know me, I'm a gamer still. And um, I've been going back and forth for two years since the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox um, series console um, have come out. And I'm like, well, I want to get this because of this reason. Oh, maybe I want to get this for that reason. I finally decided, finally decided. So um, just recently, um, I finally said I was going to get the um, Xbox Series X after having the PlayStation 4 for a while. I dude, I could not find the just regular old plain Xbox Series console anywhere. Not like on Amazon, not on you know Best Buy, Target, any of that stuff. But check this out. You go on Amazon. Pro tip here: if you really want the the Series X, you go on Amazon. And you get the Xbox Series X, Forza bundle, bam, it's yours in two days, with Prime.
1: Dang, dang.
0: So I bring that up because I know there were many a weekend, um, with like, Order of the Arrow events, where we uh, may or may not have been doing like Halo tournaments and stuff like that in our in our younger years, into the wee night, wee hours of the morning, drinking True. Mountain Dew and questionable amounts of pizza. It's true. Not drinking questionable amounts of pizza, but eating it. Just thought I'd clarify that. (laughs) Yeah. (coughs) (laughs) So, anyway, it's pretty sweet. I know that, again, I know that you're not really a a gamer, but man, am I on cloud nine enjoying it so far. So, Mm -hmm. that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm you. Cool. Good talk. Good talk. Good talk. All right. Well, um, other than um, countdown watch for the wedding, uh, what else has been going on in your world, dude?
1: Um, well, you know, we uh, we brought over my my nephew um, to uh, you know come spend spend the night with us and uh, hang out, and we brought the dog over, right? Nice. Went on a hike and tuckered them both out, right? They were both they were both out, <laughs> out. Get we get we you know. <clears throat> We're prepping for the wedding, so we're trying to like trim it down a little, right? Trim yeah. down a little, like gut section.
0: The guttural section, yes. Yeah,
1: getting getting a little more hiking in, a little more gym time in, right?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Up
1: that cardio a little. Yeah, man. Make the make the the suit the tuxedo fit a little bit better. There we go. Right.
0: I remember some of the things that you were telling me at the party, and even like pre-party about like, I think it was like a doctor or a personal trainer was like, "You need to do this," and you're like, "Oh, okay."
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I hadn't, I hadn't been to the doctor. I hadn't been to the doctor, just like even like a GP, you know, checkup in a long time, right? Probably since I lived in Michigan. Hot dog. <laughs> It's just been over a decade. Yeah, yeah. And so Raquel's like, I don't want you to go see a doctor, right? Just, you don't know if you're healthy or not because you haven't been. (laughs) So we went to, we went, we found a doctor. We went to Mr. GP and he had some reviews where people were like, he is rude. I would never go back to him. And I was like. That's my guy. But no, that's not like, but like he wasn't rude. He was just straight to the point and blunt. He wasn't like going to sugarcoat things for you. He's like, you need to lose weight. Like, you're just not, you're not healthy. Like, y- y- you need to lose weight. That's basically what he told me. He's like, he's like, what do you, well, how tall are you? I was like, oh, shoot, you need to drop like 80 pounds at least. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I what I want you to do. I want you to go on the South Beach diet, right? Get the book, read it, go on it. If you can't do that and you come back here it's like maybe I'm not the guy for you because like I'm not going to get I'm not going to let you go on this. And like, you know, I don't know if anybody out there knows the South Beach diet. I don't know how familiar with it you are, Chase. Not very. Not but very. But basically there's like a strict 2 week period at the beginning. Okay. Where you can't eat it's about eating the right carbs, not low carb or no carbs but the right carbs. So for 2 weeks like no pasta. No rice, no bread, no potatoes, no fruit, no fruits, (laughs) no booze, right? For like two weeks, it's like strict. And supposedly you're supposed to lose like eight to 13 pounds is what the book says in those first two weeks. And it's like, man, how do I not eat bread for two weeks? (laughs) How do I not eat potatoes for two weeks? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I love bread. Love <laughs> potatoes.
0: Oh, man. I love it.
1: Man, it, I don't know, I'm, I, <sighs> I don't know. And, you know, when I'm not, like, the main chef in our family, the main meal preparer. Yeah. It's hard to, like, stick to that. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: hmm <laughs> i know i know this isn't helping your your south beach diet at all but you just like i didn't go grocery shopping yet and i'm like man i just don't want to eat like like our like what our really boring meal is like we just don't have anything else like we're gonna have salmon tomorrow so let's just do like water burger tonight it works out somehow.
1: sometimes. It's, you know sometimes it's like uh, man can we just like, eat? It's like it's like it's only one bad meal right yeah but it's one bad meal and then a couple days you'll eat another bad meal right
0: yeah yeah <laughs> oh bad meals <laughs> well anyway good talk everyone good talk mm-hmm I'm uh, I'm looking forward to to seeing you in person again, um, whenever it's time for you to say I do uh, to that one lady that you're engaged to.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm looking I'm forward gonna, to it as well. It's
0: Soon to be wifey of yours. So, That's right. Yeah, man. It's gonna be good times, good times. So we'll let you have the uh, we'll have, let you have that week or two off from uh, you know talking about Picard at that point. So it's, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Give you a little time off, a little, little little time off. So, but before you get time off, what do you say we we get to the point of the show instead of like jibber jabbering for another ten minutes, and we actually talk track. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <clears throat> All right. So everyone, well, again, welcome to the show. So happy to have you here. Um, when we did the last um, anniversary episode. Um, it would have been October 2022 I believe is when we talked about this unless it was 21 I can't remember I want to say it was 22 we were talking about different types of shows or episodes like content that we were wanting to do in the coming year and um, among them was you know starting on like the first officers which we've started by the way Um, others were like talking about ships which we will eventually talk about ships and ship design and things of that nature but The other one was really like coming back to, I I guess like the some of the original concept of this podcast, which was like kind of like survey information and kind of talking about like some history stuff. So, as um, as you you know, clicked on this and you downloaded it, however wherever you're listening to it, you've noticed that it says "History of the Future" um, on on the um, the title of this this particular podcast episode. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do our best to meander our way through um, some of the, I don't know, like first uh, kind of like 60, 70-ish years of um, internal, like, chronology, like in-universe history of Star Trek. Now, things might get... We're going to try and make sure things don't get too wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey with stuff. So we're going to do our best to just kind of stick with like the through line of the history and not deal with like temporal mechanics and temporal prime (laughs) directive stuff where it makes it all kind of weird. So, um, Eric and I might get some things, um, wrong, but we're going to probably get most things right. I think we're good. I'm that's, I don't know. We're, we're, We're good. So, um, So, with that, um, Eric, before we completely dive into this, like, what do you think about trying to tackle just like talking about like the history of in universe stuff as opposed to like a book, an episode, a character, you know, like the normal day to day stuff that we do on the show?
1: Well, I like it because whenever you create like a universe or a shared universe, you have to create that universe's. History, right? Every true. every fictional universe has its own fictional history. That's right? true. Um, doesn't matter what it is. Like there are certain events that happen that, that caused that future to happen. That may not be real. They may be real, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so it's interesting to track those things and see like where how you lead to the future Star Trek that we know and love. Right. Right. But I also think at the same time that, like, people, people, when you talk about history of things, like, you have to understand, like, Gene Roddenberry didn't have, like, the history of Star Trek planned out, right, at the beginning. He didn't have, like, a whole, like, Samarillion or whatever it's called where you have, like, this huge history of Middle Earth, right, before you... You know, to go along with it. And so a lot of it is made up as it goes, right? And so it's not all gonna fit together perfectly. And I know there are people that are gonna be out there that, like, there's one canon and it has to, everything has to fit this canon. And if it doesn't fit it, they're wrong. And what the writers don't the hell they're talking about. But, like, is there such a thing in Star Trek canon? Because, like, I mean, you know, if they need to tell a different story, they'll tell a different story. And we saw that. I think with Picard and Strange New Worlds recently they kind of like got some details that you might have thought well was that what we knew from before
0: uh, yeah for sure for sure and I think like some of the the Picard stuff in particular is going to be showing up um directly and indirectly with with this conversation that we're we're going to be having um on this episode so I think Um, I think you're, you're right, dude, because when we're, when we're looking at, um, when I teach, I'll just say this when I teach, um, like a professional identity course, for instance, um, I make a point about talking about the history, like very first lecture I give is history of the profession, for instance. To create an appreciation for this is how it started and this is where we are now. Holy shnikes was that one heck of a transformation over a hundred some odd years and that's real life and you're right like creators sometimes don't have like you know like the show bibles you know or the like the long histories or the whatevers like that they're like we, we've we eventually Kind of been able to drum up just by virtue of watching it for decades right like we have like a cursory idea or more than a cursory of an idea of like what happened and why this was important for this and that and the other thing um but as we get into the shows like you can and we talk about this like you can start to understand why some people can be territorial because maybe they love the history so much so i just want to put that disclaimer out right now that even though we're talking about history like I've been saying, like Eric's also been saying forever and a day, this is not gatekeeping. Okay. This is not, this is how it is and this is how it's always going to be. So if you don't like it, go pound sand. That's not what we're saying at all. This is like everything else we do, an appreciation of Star Trek, a love of Star Trek and what Gene Roddenberry and all the creatives, all the showrunners have done over the decades, to give us the content that we like and that we love and that we enjoy. So, again, if Discovery's your show, great, go enjoy Discovery. If, you know, Deep Space Nine is your show, great, get after it, and so on and so forth. We're just going to talk about it and kind of see where it takes us. So. <coughs> yeah. Um, I think the, the, <coughs> the thing that maybe possibly makes the most sense to kind of start with is um Khan and like the eugenics kind of stuff which you and I early on we did a book on that like the rise of of Khan um, mm-hmm. and like how that kind of stuff came to be which that's I guess technically not canon um, with it being a book but the point is like we, we have a point in history of the late 90s with the Botany Bay and Khan and all the eugenics folks going away basically so that's like a like the eugenics were a major major point in star trek history
1: yeah that that feels like the first um divergence point probably right or the first like fictional event that leads to the star trek future right and you know with the eugenics wars we've we've gotten like different bits and pieces of information of this over time right we you know learned about it obviously in space seed in the in season one of the original series and no years given because i don't think they wanted to place a year to even star trek at that point right 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 um you know group of genetically engineered supermen tried to take over the planet and like uh whether it was like an open war, like a full-scale war, or like kind of like a secret war, you know, that, like, I think people go back and forth on that, right? Um, but, you know, that's, that's our first point.
0: I, I like to think of it as probably being more like backroom deals and like pulling of strings type of stuff more than just like straight-up theatrics.
1: Yeah, because it's also called the Eugenics Wars. Like, the official mm-hmm. name for it is not the Eugenics War. It's the Eugenics Wars. hmm mm-hmm. Which also makes me think that it is, like, a background event. It's not, like, forefront in everything. It's, like, secret dealing and little skirmishes here and there that maybe people aren't even aware of, like, the full scale of it.
0: Right, right. So we, we have that, like, being, like... <clears throat> what was it like early early 90s and then I believe it was it um like between was it 90, 1999 when, when Botany Bay was launched is that correct
1: uh, I mean the different years I think were given like 96 is the year that I've always seen right when it ends mm-hmm. but um I, I've seen 99 and other things yeah yeah but I mean, we can assume it was it was the mid to late nineties, mm-hmm. right? And Khan and his people took off in the Botany Bay, right? Right, and you know, differing differing reasons as to why they took off in the Botany Bay. Did they were they running or were they given the like the opportunity to leave? I think there's different different. It, I think I've heard it different in different
0: places. Yeah, and this is where. I think there's a couple, like, um, this is, like, where, like, the timey-wimey question marks might come for, like, people that have just watched the show and maybe not paid too much attention to the history, like, we're talking about. Like, where we're talking about, like, um, what was that, Future's End, like, with Voyager, Uh, where they come back to, like, this time period. Like, where's the Eugenics Wars, like, at this point? Type of thing, you know, like that's right in the middle of it, basically. And like what should be like the rise and fall and departure whatever of Khan at that point. Um, but like that's kind of like this like kind of offshoot potential timeline. That's what I'm saying about like this timey-wimey stuff. But then recently, which is kind of going into our next point, um, we saw on um, the second season of Picard... Um, Another Soong, played by Brent Spiner, which we talked about in those episodes. Um, And the creation of, like, his own children, like, trying to, like, do, like, eugenics himself. And we see this big reveal at the very end, like, him pulling out a folder. Project Khan. What do we think about that in light of this stuff?
1: Yeah, it's weird because it almost makes it sound like Project Khan and, like he's then going to create Khan or the Augments and, and start the eugenics wars after that. But we know from history, from like confirmed Star Trek history, that if this is 2024, the eugenics wars is over.
0: Yeah. 100%.
1: Right? So I don't know if that just is what he does, helps contribute to, like, World War Three, and is there some bit of that in there. It's kind of, It's not clear.
0: No, and, and like the thing that I was thinking about maybe even during that episode and certainly after was like, did he somehow get a hold of like this top secret file? Like, did he steal it so that he can try and start over now that he's failed with his own creations?
1: Yeah, that's a good
0: question. Which I... <laughs> Don't think we're ever going to we'll
1: get. The, ever, yeah, well, I was going to say, are we ever going to get an answer to that?
0: No. No. Not with how how season three of Picard is, is going to be going. So, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like the first line Guys, let me tell you about Adam soon. He just sent me a, a deep space message from the past.
1: Yeah. Took forever to get out here.
0: Yeah. We <clears throat> used the Jurati Queen like beacon, it was great.
1: That's another storyline I don't think we're really going to
0: talk about anymore. No, no never, <coughs> never. <coughs> so that's the other thing too. Like I know there was like some <clears throat> in different corners of the fandom. And I know that we, um, we were kind of critical, um, at times of Picard season two, um, when we were trying to follow timelines, uh, of what was going on. So, we know that we go to this alternate timeline, or meet the the Borg Queen, played by um, the late Annie Worshing, Which we haven't talked about on air, I don't think. But that's okay. Um, And that ultimately takes us back to the past, which is where there's a fork in the road. And in that fork in the road it's where the timeline is intact and where it could diverge and lead toward this confederation that we had just left. So we gotta remember that even though there's a fork in the road it's still a timeline that's intact. So this like the what, how the season ended is how it was supposed to end. Yes. With the Europa mission with all that stuff and <clears throat> this is also around the time that and I don't want to be jumping this too much but like happening like concurrently also are the Bell riots which we saw in and up in um, uh, past tense one and two in deep space 9 yeah, both of those events are
1: given is happening in 2024, right? Yep. That's a, the date from D Space Nine. That's the date from Picard season two, right? This Europa mission, right, manned mission to the Jovian system to find and what they found, the microscopic organism or something out there, and that was what I don't know, created further interest in exploring space. But then I think we see... I, we're supposed to see, like, at least the outskirts or the starting of sanctuary districts, right, in in Picard Season 2. Right. Right, leading to the Bell Riots, you know, which, of course, Cisco calls one of the defining moments of 21st century history.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 Which he ended up taking... <clears throat> the uh taking up the mantle right which is kind of like a timey-wimey thing but whatever of um of that titular um individual during that time period sorry guys I'm sure you don't want want to hear me coughing on on air uh, by any means um But yeah like the thing that was i think kind of jarring like looking at what happened in season two and you see even when they get to la in 2024 like it still looks like la pretty much but you do start to see like some signage some of the stuff that we were seeing to denote like sanctuary districts and you got to think like what happened like like from april to september there's a lot that had to have happened for there to be this excitement perhaps for like if i can go there for a second like one class or one demographic of society perhaps like just to have the, like such a division to where there's like such a disparity well in i mean in just like what is that Five months?
1: Well, I think I think you can explain it a way that, you know, we're in Los Angeles and San Francisco, right? Two different places. I mean, I think it's easy. You can talk about this country that we're in right now. If you're in different locations, there can be vastly different situations and scenarios. But, I mean, L.A. to San Francisco, I know they're both in California. They're not, like, right next door.
0: No, I mean, like, they're still, like, <clears throat> what? Um, I want to say it's like three or four, ish, hours away. Yeah, it's a big state. I'm not sure. Wait, wait, well, with with um, LA traffic, it's not three or four hours. It's probably like eight or nine hours. Yeah. But in terms of like mileage, it's probably like Mm kind of similar to like you know you and I like with me being in North Texas and you being in like Hill Country. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, give or take, give or take, but yeah, you're, I mean that's that's a fair point, you know, like L.A. and San Francisco, like even though they're in the same state, that could there could be like just different, you know, local municipal municipal issues, um, uh, factors playing into why things are the way they are and look the way they look. Um, but yeah, so like just in. Like not even about about 30 years right we've gone from eugenics like supermen trying to take over the world finding something that's going to save our world on another planet little microscopic thing to rioting in sanctuary districts so we have seen we have started to see this slow decline and i don't want that to like to to be missed because the decline is an important factor in universe. And it was also an important thing for Gene Roddenberry um, because of what the future can do. Mm -hmm. So we get, we really have to appreciate the crap that's happening um, and what that leads to.
1: Yeah. And, and so like right around this same time, like, Strange New Worlds, episode one, Strange New Worlds, you know, gives us a new bit of history that I don't think was ever really ever mentioned before, <laughs> but, but you know, Pike is giving this speech in this hall on whatever planet this was, and, you know, he's, like, talking about how everything went wrong, right? And he's showing glimpses of from the Earth's database, and he says... You know, we had a war just like you're on the verge of having, right? We call it the eugenics wars, then the second world war, the second civil war before we got to world war three. So at some point in Star Trek's history, right, in the twenty twenties, we have a second civil war. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I don't care what side of the political spectrum you're on. I really don't. Yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> I, I think maybe some of the imagery used in that episode I didn't care for. Right. I think that, you know, is the writers injecting their own politics into a show. Right. But whatever. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to get into that. But I know that, like, for some people, thinking and hearing, oh, there's a second Civil War sometime in the 2020s, that doesn't seem too far off for a lot of people, probably.
0: No. Right now. No, and I can, <clears throat> I can certainly uh, remember conversations with a variety of people, like people close to me um, other academics that I know um, just people from like just a cross-section of people that were wondering like well shoot are we about to go into a second civil war like actually go into another civil war like with all the things that have been happening you know these last I guess like three to five years like beyond like coronavirus stuff
1: yeah I think you can go back to maybe 2015 and really look at some of the start of a lot of the mm-hmm. the issues we, we might be having
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but yeah like we're, we're seeing all this stuff and this is the other part where in-universe um, there is like the whole world war three thing and i know like eric you and i were talking about this briefly pre-show about like well is it or isn't it in this time frame and i think however you want to slice it you have like different installments of like world war three more or less Mm -hmm. um, that are happening over like two two and a half decades more or less so within that, like we're talking like um, like mid-2020s potentially, uh, where like, again, like the Civil War stuff, like uh, Captain Pike was talking about, like the Second Civil War, like kind of being a precursor or maybe the first installment of World War Three, like really jump-starting that for uh, for us. Um, <clears throat> and that being part of like nuclear war and just like devastating... Like livable spaces for us. And in the midst of that, we have a hero that's born, a, a hero that we didn't know we needed that was born. And who was that hero, Eric?
1: <clears throat> well, on January 27th, 2031, Sephiroth Cochran is born. Let's go. Come on, buddy. And that's, I'm pretty sure that's a canonized date right there. Yeah. yeah. January 27th, 2031. Hey, we'll be alive, right? I'm not sure where he's born, but. We should travel to that city
0: gosh I hope I'm alive in eight years when that's
1: happening. <laughs> no I know we'll be alive I did what's not what I was saying I said I don't know what city
0: if only we could find out he was born in Montana It's hid Dutton. What? <laughs> Never mind. You don't watch uh, Yellowstone. It's fine.
1: Oh, okay. He's a Dutton. Uh-huh. I gotcha. Yeah,
0: yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, him being from Montana, it's fine. Yeah, he maybe he lived at the the Yellowstone. Maybe he's a descendant of John Dutton. It's fine. For all you <laughs> Yellowstone fans, there you go. Hey, Yellowstone's a western. Star Trek's a western. It works out, man. Yeah, it's true. Somehow it works out. Somehow. Um. But yeah, like World War Three, we hear we hear a great. I think we hear a pretty decent amount of it. Um. In fact, um, I think it's it's not in. There's a hint. There's a hint of it at encounter at Farpoint. and I think again um, later in season one, maybe it's season two, where um, isn't Q wearing a World War Three uh, soldier's outfit where it looks like I don't know what it looks like. It looks like a snowsuit or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, like I'm not sure. Like when that ever like if. <clears throat> if there was a time given to that. But yeah, Q is wearing something. It it's looks like a snow suit. Added something. Mm-hmm. Maybe a, some radiation protection in there, but yeah. like they were giving drugs to their soldiers to pacify them.
0: Basically, yeah. Yeah. So wow. <clears throat> there's a lot that's going on here. Like, again, like, we have to, like, talk about, like, the crap that's going on. Um, All the devastation. So millions and millions of people dead. Uh, Society on the brink of just complete collapse. And in the midst of all this, we we have Like pockets of population that are here and there around the globe for the most part. And of course, like we're going to be talking about Bozeman, Montana, where we have that hero who's now in his 30s by the time we get to first contact, who has, along with his colleague and whomever else that we don't know about, I'm sure it was more than two people, by the way. Oh, yeah it had to have been more than two people yeah yeah a team of engineers yeah you know repurposing a a weapon of war into a symbol of peach, peace which we know as the phoenix um out of this whole like missile silo in in Bozeman Montana um and it almost uh, being completely destroyed in like the first contact movie kind of timeline timeline kind of thing. So, you know, we've we've come a long way in like the 60, 70 some odd years, because I mean this thing also didn't like wasn't built overnight either. It <laughs> just took a lot of time, a lot of time for the Phoenix to be uh, made into what it was like and be able to travel faster than light in that first warp flight, but. Um, but I think one thing that I might have skipped over was um, with World War 3 being as long as it was um, I think like the first start to the end of it and even like the the official end of like even eugenics type stuff was or just genetic manipulation in general was this Treaty of San Francisco in mm-hmm. the mid 2050s yeah
1: 20-25. yeah yeah Treaty of San Francisco which um, ended World War 3 officially outlawed genetic manipulation in in humans right
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, meaning sorry Doc Bashir but you're out right yeah that's that's somehow gonna come back to bite us yeah Dal sorry you're out or are you are you yeah, but I want to go back to something, Chase. You're like, I think your your optimism maybe got the better of you in some things that you were describing. That's fine. where like Zephyr Cochran was repurposing this weapon of war into like a symbol of peace and hope and unity. That became the Phoenix because that guy, that thing that he built, that's not what he built. That I'm not that guy. He's not that guy, right? <laughs> you know why I built this thing? Dollar signs. I don't like to fly. I take trains. <laughs> you know what my vision is? Sitting on a beach with a bunch of naked women. <laughs>
0: yep. Yep.
1: <laughs> so it's like, Chase like, oh, my God, he built this ship ushering a new era of peace and hope after the devastation of World War Three. Yeah, that's not.
0: That's not him. Yeah,
1: not it, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's but that's my that's my 24th century mind. Okay, I know. Oh, somebody history.
1: once said, "Don't try to be a great man; just be a man." Let history make its judgments.
0: Who said that?
1: You did. <laughs> There's a statue of you. You're like reaching for the stars and. Usher (laughs) statue.
0: Oh man, man. y'all need to go watch First Contact if you haven't watched them Yeah,
1: hero worship.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, so I
1: just just had to comment on that.
0: Thank you, thank you for that.
1: You were totally on like the, the yeah, of course, I built this for peace and hope and usher in a new era of humanity.
0: Right, right. April the fifth, two thousand sixty-three. First contact day. Let's go, somebody. Not too far away, right? No, that's for almost forty years. We're not too shy of forty years from now, dude. Forty years, 40
1: years yeah. If I make it, I'll be there. Make it. No, I mean if I'm still around,
0: dude. Do the South Beach diet so that in forty <laughs> years we can go to Bozeman together. Okay, that's right. We'll take our oh, our kids, maybe even our grandkids. With us, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 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 This is where it all started, gang. This is where Star Trek started. Well, kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. You yeah. know. So, um, I know that it, this has been like, um, like again, we're we're talking like 60 70 some odd years of of history. So, very, very small amount in the grand scheme of things. But then it's from here where things really start to i think ramp up um like once we get like the whole like faster than light um travel situation on lockdown or at least start to get it on lockdown so i don't want to um go too much um further with this so i'm gonna leave it with this like eric like Uh, Of course, like, first contact is, like, probably, like, the main thing um, that most people recognize from, like, the 21st century when it comes to, like, Star Trek history or whatever. But, like, what would you say um, is, like, something else, like, worth considering or paying attention to, um, either in this discussion or just... You know, in in the, this time frame that we're kind of camping out on.
1: <clears throat> well, you know, I think it's something that, that you've said before on this podcast is that, yes, Star Trek presents a utopian vision of the future where everything is great and rosy and then we get to some whatever everything is great and rosy and the federation is an idyllic society and earth is this ideal place where there's no war there's no famine you know our medical technology has been able to get rid of diseases and and cure people and we work not to for for Possession of material gains, but to better ourselves and to have this better understanding of the world around us. Yeah. And we've gotten to this great place, which is where we all want to be. I think we're like I want to. I want to be in that world where, you know I don't have to worry about working to pay the bills, right? So I'm not out on the streets. I want to get to a place where I can, you know, follow my passions, whatever that may be, right? Maybe my passion is still teaching even if i don't have to teach to pay the bills right maybe chase your passion is you know being a therapist and helping people through their issues right regardless of if you have to do that right for the money i want to be there but in order to get there we have to go through some really dark times right some really bad things have to happen right you know a third of the like 30% of the world's population dies in you know in what we call world war 3 or maybe we put the eugenics wars like the second civil war and then world war 3 you know third think of that like a third of the planet's population that's like 3 billion people almost i mean just think of that number that's like huge yeah and they say like the night is darkest before the dawn right
0: i've heard that a time or two
1: yeah and so yeah we've got this great future to look forward to but sometimes you have to go through some dark times to get there and i i think that's a relevant message just to to like individuals themselves they can look at like you can say hey my life might not be that great right now but maybe I'm just maybe I'm going through this dark moment or this low moan in my life and if I can make it through this right somehow I'm going to come out on the better side and and things will be better for me I think that's a good message
0: yeah I've been I, I don't know if you've seen this um, <clears throat> or not but I, I maybe I've been seeing it so much because of we're doing this episode right now because of what you just said um, there's, um, there's this clip by um, oh my goodness I'm completely spazzing on her name um, I believe it's Leslie something she was on SNL um, I don't know anyway so the, there's like clips of like um, Harrison Ford was um, originally a carpenter And um, he became an actor at, like, 30-something. Vera Wang was 40 uh, before she created her own dress or or something like that, whatever it was. Um, Oprah was fired at 23. Can you imagine firing Oprah is, like, how the clip goes? Um, (laughs) And, um, like, it goes on to say, like, you know... um, Something to the effect of like, you know, she shouldn't have been fired, or like, you know, who or who is she, or whatever. Like, no, she had to have been fired because then she became Oprah, type of thing. So like, not that there's anything wrong with carpentry, or whatever Vera Wang was doing before being a designer of stuff, but like, just like those people had hardship, it helped form them into who they became and who we now know them as and um and that's on an individual kind of micro level and here we are we're talking about like the macro impact of stuff um like we had to go through crap to to eventually you know take those leaps those steps those leaps those whatever's um, to get us where we are now in the early now twenty fifth century with with Star Trek Picard, and you know thirty second century with um, Star Trek Discovery, so so yeah, like I think it's I think it's great for us to celebrate uh, first contact day, but we need to also uh, <coughs> celebrate the fact that we did not give up even when things were absolutely horrible. And if there's one message to take from that, I think it's just keep going. Like, just keep swimming, like Dory would say in in Finding Nemo, for crying out loud. (laughs) If you don't take anything else from this episode, just keep swimming, all right? You know what I'm saying? Um, Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Um, Because that's important, too. Like, every story, every story's beginning is important. And Star Trek's beginning part of their story is important. Because it helps us appreciate where we started and where we end up. So, mm-hmm. that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's good. It's so. good. Well, um, Eric, um, I do have, um, I guess, some some sort of little uh it to talk about um but is there any like final comments or, or whatever's that you want to make before we move on
1: no i know it seems like we were we were just <clears throat> painting like hey hit the bullet points hit the spark notes here right but i think i think when you look into some of these things yeah you could go down some of the details with um I don't know if there's any books that cover things of that time period but I'm sure we could go into more detail but I think the point was just you know like you said survey information like this is a broad strokes of the general history here so if you wanted some more detail sure that that that's available for you to find or we could talk more detail about that later. Potentially, yeah. Potenti- potentially.
0: Depending, yeah, depending on what we can source apart from, like, you know, Federation history books, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So. All right. Well, um, with it being... Um, with, with that part being over, let's talk about the most important part of the show, and that, of course, is the Twitter poll.
1: Twitter poll! All
0: right. So, um, I asked this question, and... Uh, and here's what it is Um, what era of um, the historical Star Trek future would you want to live in there we go pet your Kirk (laughs) hi Kirk hey buddy for those of you that can't see um, (laughs) Eric is, is holding and petting and stroking his Kirk that's right <laughs>
1: okay, what are my choices?
0: Your choices are the nineties to the twenties, nineteen nineties to the twenty twenties, the twenty twenties to the forties, the forties to the fifties, or the twenty sixties.
1: Yeah, man. Ah, uh, give me my choices again.
0: Okay. 1990s to the 2020s? 2020s to the 40s? 40s to 50s? Or the 60s?
1: I mean, if I could make it to the 60s and I didn't have like major PTSD from previous decades, right? If I didn't right. have to worry about radiation poisoning and right? you know, something like that i think i'd want to live in the 2060s because there's the era of all the space exploration and there's the Falcons coming down and maybe i could get on maybe i could get on that terra nova ship right which probably wouldn't be a good thing right
0: probably not probably not
1: (laughs) you know maybe i could become a space boomer ooh you know get on one of their cargo ships okay um it's either the 2060s or, like, the first choice, like, between the 90s and the 20s, because that feels like the calm period in there.
0: Calm before the very
1: major. Yeah, storm. the calm before the storm. Uh, yeah. I'm going to choose the 2060s, because that's okay. the era of space exploration <laughs> and aliens.
0: Yeah, like, for, <clears throat> I don't vote in these things, but, like, the the 60s, like... The, the 90s, like, like that first choice, right? Like, that would be, like, the, you know, the calm before the storm. And, I mean, you would notice things that, like, were going downhill. But, like, things have already gone downhill by the time you get to the 2060s. And you're just having to, like, rebuild. And, like, gosh, that's, like, a lot of... That's a lot of rebuilding. That's a lot of rebuilding. Um... Poor Rios by the way he he knew about the future and he had to live through World War 3. Yeah.
1: Hey, he had a happy life, right? According to that picture in Gideon's bar.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, I don't know, I'm kind of torn between the 90s and the 60s. Um I mean, it would be kind of cool, but like I mean, that's just kind of like looking back, right? Like I know what's to come in the sixties. Um,
1: I think those are the two choices, though. I don't think the, I don't think the other cho- the twenties or the fifties. <clears throat> I don't know. think anybody wants to live through the other two.
0: No, I mean I know. I obviously I know like which one won, but like you right. know, just like actually thinking about it, I think I don't know. Like I think I'd just kind of like stick with the nineties. Like having known what I know, like just. Hang out there, and then, I mean, yeah, I'd probably have to like live through all that nonsense and probably die in it. But I don't know.
1: Okay. All right.
0: But I do want to go to Bozeman, by the way, and see the the side of, of first contact when, when for real, for real, it happens for us in forty years.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, it's going to be a huge event
0: all trekkies everywhere darn uh, yeah right. like trekkie a, is gonna some,
1: make a pilgrimage
0: yeah it's gonna be a trip to mecca are you kidding me <laughs> yeah goodness all right be like well, 10 billion people there 10
1: not 10 million not 10 billion
0: billion 10 10 billion,
1: billion. the entire population planet. of the planet will descend Boseman. upon bozeman
0: bozeman montana <laughs> yes we need to get t-shirts made right now yes T-shirts. Hopefully, we can still fit it i'm 40 years from
1: now. <laughs> that's right oh man
0: well this is this is going down okay all right so just to recap what era of historical star trek future would you most want to live in the 90s to the 20s 20s to the 40s 40s to 50s or the 60s so this one was um i'm just gonna get to the results real quick um in last place with 0% of the vote was the 1990s to the 2020s. Wow. 0% to the 40s. The 2040s okay. to the 50s, which means our winner with 100% of the vote is the 2060s. Wow. <laughs> 100% of the vote.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow! Like Has that? that ever happened before? No, no. <laughs> We've never had a hundred percent of something. Wow!
1: Great. I mean, it doesn't doesn't. I mean, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised that's the winner. I'm surprised that
0: it's a hundred percent. It's a
1: hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's everyone's true. thinking like me. We don't. We want to just start past all of the <laughs> all the board.
0: No. Just jump forward. See you later yeah okay well we uh we've made it to the end of uh this particular episode and um we've like like eric said earlier you know by the time that this um episode comes out we will have um um had our first episode of um season three of uh picard that's premiered so um As far as I know, we'll be doing it weekly, except for, you know, wedding stuff that happens and other travel things that might happen for other folks too. But um, don't make sure that you have, um, you know, you're following, you're subscribing, you know, whatever the button is for like, whatever, you however you listen to these things um, turned on, uh, right? Like take your friend's phone, make them subscribe to the show and like, hey, why do I have a Star Trek show downloading on my phone? Because we love you. That's why. Um, that's the real reason, Uh, but in all seriousness, though, like uh, we'll be having we'll be doing our recordings um every week uh for um our Picard um discussion episodes, which uh will be coming out um every Monday or Tuesday uh following um those those um episode premieres. So uh keep an eye on that, uh, keep a download on that type of thing. I'm looking forward to to talking about it again. So, um, Eric, anything else you want to say about? This or getting hyped for Picard or whatever before I mean, we sign off.
1: <clears throat> I'm hyped for Picard. I'm also not hyped for it for a, a couple of reasons, but hopefully, hopefully, when they jump up off the thing and they come back and hit the mat, they stick it.
0: Must to stick the landing?
1: They stick it right, <clears throat> which I don't quite think they did in season two right no but we already said that i just want them to stick this landing
0: yes yes please stick the landing we'll,
1: we'll find do. out in two months yeah two and a half two and a half months
0: true story ten months. Right.
1: we'll figure it we'll, we'll get there
0: eventually eventually it'll be fine it's fine yeah it's fine all right well thank you eric as always for uh for being a glutton for punishment and talking direct with me i'm looking forward to our uh, our weekly recaps um uh, starting here very very soon. So yep. um, anyway, everyone out there in Listenerland, uh, also thank you for, for tuning in and uh, listening to um, this, what we had to say um, and as we talked about like the history of the future. So um, this is just the first installment and um, there will be future installments of this and we're looking forward to uh, talking about that as it comes. But um, you know, was there like a, a particular moment? Just in our discussion, even on this episode, that you're like, wow, I didn't realize that, or huh, I hadn't thought about it that way, or maybe there was just something else that you like, you wish you w- that we would have said that we didn't. Uh, let us know. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your ideas, whatever it might be. Uh, you can get in contact with us on TRTVPod.com under the hailing frequencies uh, portion of our page, or you can also, <clears throat> of course, send us a note by opening up hailing frequencies to TRTVPod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice-only transmission to 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute limit, so don't dawdle. I don't know why I said that, but it's fine. Um, other than that, if you want to um, to mail us something, that'd be great, like a World War III radiation suit. Uh, you can do that. Lone Star Station, PO Box 2455, Azel, Texas, 76098. Everyone, thank you so very much for tuning in. and As always, remember to boldly go and make it so.